Battle Your Own Canoe, sung by Collins and Harlan, Edison Records. Welcome back to the Lost Cabin somewhere in rural Massachusetts. This is Garth, and I'm hanging my wet clothes near the fire to dry after some serious water exploration. During this excursion, we will paddle down a lost section of the Charles River to discover one of America's oldest and forgotten industrial projects. Chances are you have driven over it many times, or you maybe even have seen it without knowing. Join me in a comfy chair near the fire and hear a tale of the Long Ditch and the Mother Brook. All right, this is uh, Lost Massachusetts, and we are going to go down this secret hidden section of the Charles River. But before we do that, I want to do some podcast business. Need to uh, recognize some people who have commented and liked the show. According to Apple Podcasts, Lost Massachusetts has a five out of five rating. It's only based on seven customer reviews, but hey, those are seven people who care. And as far as I'm concerned, they're the only seven people who matter on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, so three of these people were gracious enough to actually leave comments. Uh, One is from Center Viewpoint. Great storyteller. Garth provides very interesting stories that open up the lore of Massachusetts. Thank you, Center Viewpoint. The next one is from Andrew, and Andrew says, Interesting subject matter presented well. This podcast presents really interesting history and does it really well. Garth gives fascinating information with humor and a sense of wonder. Excited for new episodes. I'm excited for new episodes, too. I don't know when this jerk is going to put some more out. The next review on Apple Podcast is from... Mr. Lan, and Mr. Lan writes, great history podcast. Love the episode on Long Point. I have hiked out to that part of the Cape numerous times and had no idea that a town was once there. Looking forward to more episodes. And we're going to return to that area of the Cape because guess what? There's more than one lost town on the edge of the Cape. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff out there that uh, can still be seen. Um, some of it is just a dim memory, just a, you know some dusty spots without much to look at. But there are some places there that have ruins and other artifacts that are amazing to see. And we'll be, uh, we'll be checking those out and giving you all the details of those. And Mr. Land points out something really important, which is that we often walk across these places and don't even realize it. 
all right? There are so many places just within this one state that have been buried, vanished, forgotten about. And, you know, some of them are out in the woods and you got to go for a hike and, you know, peel the, uh, peel the vines back to find it. But some of it is right in front of us. And if you know where to look, or even if you just stand there for long enough and stare, it'll start to come out at you. And just as a side comment while we're talking about looking at the comments on Apple Podcasts, uh, the podcast is available there. It's also available on, what do we have here? Google Podcasts, Breaker, um, Radio Public, Spotify, the podcast app, Himalaya.com, Backtracks.fm. So it's, it's, uh, it's in lots of different places, and I will do my best to keep track of where it shows up so you can use your favorite podcast app to get a hold of it. Now, this next item isn't so much a comment as it is general recognition. There is a blog called Panorama of the Mountains, and the author lists a number of podcasts that he listens to, and and I'll just read his own explanation. I'm a podcast junkie. Here's a current list of what I'm listening to. I've made a short parenthetical description of the show when the content isn't readily available. Click on the links for more details. Now, this list of podcasts is very long, and he lists Lost Massachusetts in there uh, week after week. And I thought I listened to a lot of podcasts. This, uh, this is at least three or four times uh, the number that I listen to and am able to listen to. But the fact that I've made this guy's list is uh, much appreciated. And I will put a link to his blog in the uh, show notes. All right, now we're going to uh, jump in the river and uh, see what we can find out there in the wilderness. Thanks for joining us. So it's early Sunday morning in October. It's a little chilly, but it's not horrible. And we just dragged two kayaks down a hill off the parkway in West Roxbury. And we're about to get into the Charles River. And I'm here with my friend Dan, who came up with this idea and has kayaked out here before. And we're going to um, unravel some of the secrets of Dedham, Massachusetts. I want to uh, talk about the Charles River generally first before we jump into it. The Charles River is an ever-present landmark of Metro Boston. You may find yourself crossing over it multiple times to get anywhere between Newton, Watertown, Cambridge, and Boston. It's named after King Charles I, who was actually executed in 1649. Considering that, and the fact that there was a rebellion against England later... I never quite understood why the name stuck. The original native name was 
Quinnebequin or Quinnebequin. I'm not really sure. I'll have to find out. I mean, there were lots of British names that uh, got changed. King Street in downtown became State Street and whatnot. Anyway, I grew up on the Charles River, literally. I could see it from my front porch. My friends and I used to play in the woods and ride our bikes through the trails along the water. Some of the largest portions of the Charles River were filled in. At that point, it was a tidal basin with marshy flats and brackish sections that are more ocean than river. For this episode, we're not focused on the Charles River most people are familiar with. We're heading far up the winding waterway. Frustratingly, many maps show that the Charles River ends in Waltham. These maps conveniently end at the dam that is just before the Moody Street Bridge. In fact, the river snakes back around to go back through Newton, Wellesley, Needham, back into Boston again, and then Dedham. And then several towns until it reaches its source in Hopkinton. But it's in Dedham we're going to be doing our exploration today in an unnatural section of the river. funny we've seen uh heron we've seen wild turkeys seen lots of geese white swan uh we have not seen any beavers we've seen lots of evidence of beavers we've seen lots of cut trees we've seen a couple of beaver dams but um none of them are out splashing right now my guess is they're probably asleep this time of the day just passed by a house on the river and it has a for sale sign on the shore. So that's probably really good marketing for uh, people who might want to buy a house that's on the river. And especially this one's pretty big. It's got its own boathouse and own boat launch. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah, so there, there is at this point, there's a big concrete block that's overgrown. Uh, it, we're not sure what it was part of. Dan thinks it may have been part of a bridge project that was never finished, but I'll try and get a closer look and see if we can figure out what it is. So we are at marker six on the river and there are large, really tall wooden poles in the, uh, in the water. And there's also some concrete ramps. Clearly this was something much bigger at one time. I would have thought that the these wooden poles would be for a pier, but they're, they're honestly, they're too tall to be for a pier, right? Yeah, and maybe something was built on them. Yeah, there must have been something on top of those at one time. Or maybe it's just art. <laughs> so I'm about to go under a bridge here. Uh, the last bridge we went under, we had to carry our kayaks across because the water was so shallow. Uh, all of the, there's various spots along the river that are marked with big numbers. This is number three, and I'll have to look at the map be later to figure out where all of these are. So maybe I can get an echo as I go under the bridge. Yes, there's a little bit of an echo. It's not too much because this bridge isn't particularly big, but it, uh, it is really cool. It's a neat little old stone arch. 
And um, now I'm on the other side. And we're passing by what I believe used to be called the old Irish ale house. But I think it's been maybe bought and renamed and some of it's been refurbished, but there's an old sort of deck patio in the back that is starting to sag into the river. So now we're paddling behind something that's a, a curious feature that most people would not expect to be part of Boston. So, Dan, what is on the right bank aside from us? Well, it's a, a longtime trailer park. And it's always been nestled back here off of VFW Parkway. And the nice thing about it is a certain number of residents have river access. And you can see they're a motley collection of boats and canoes. Yeah, this is, this is not something that, you know, I even knew about for years. But in West Roxbury on the Dedham Line there is a, um, a trailer park and it's not something it's not a feature that you would expect to be part of the suburban northeast but yet here it is so now we're at the Ames Street Bridge and on the side of the bridge as we pass under there is in white paint it says flood August 1955 and it has the uh, water line from that flood it doesn't look like the flood actually went over the bridge but threatened it. Now this might, this is a much better echo, this bridge, because it's got kind of a, a longer pipe that I'm passing through as I go under. And uh, speaking of pipes, on the other side of the bridge, there's a whole bunch of drainage pipes running across. I want to provide some background to a number of places that were just mentioned because they're worth noting. The old wood that we found, the structures, that was the site of the Dedham Boat Club that operated from 1847 until 1935. The boathouse was destroyed by lightning in 1882 and rebuilt later, but the land was eventually donated to the town. There's a historic marker for the boathouse, but it's not on the water, it's on Pleasant Street, right where Pleasant Street uh, bends. The bridge at marker number three, it's not just any bridge, it's the first bridge built over the Charles River in 1644. If you drive down the bridge street towards Dedham Common, you're driving over this bridge. The old Irish alehouse is now called Waterford's Restaurant and Pub. As for the Boston Trailer Park, the trailer park has always been a curiosity to me because it seems so out of place. I don't know if I could do an episode about it because it's not lost. It's a very active community with 104 lots and five or six streets. It's been there since 1947, but it's really tucked away and hidden and a bit mysterious. The Ames Street Bridge uh, that denotes the flood of 1955 so what happened? Uh, in August of 1955, New England was hit with back-to-back -back hurricanes, Connie and Diane. The first hurricane dropped six inches of rain in a 24-hour period, which saturated the ground and raised all water levels. Five days later, the second storm dropped 20 inches of rain on areas already at capacity for water. There were dam breaks, 183 deaths, and millions of dollars in damage all over 
the region. I'll put links to all this information in the show notes. So now we're actually at a section, uh, an offshoot, and there's a dam here, and there's big signs that say, keep away dam, and it's for good reason, because if you're not looking, you don't actually see the line of the dam, and you will go right over it. Oh, wow, that is a big bird. Um, So we're in a section, a tributary of the Charles, called the Ditch, and it's a man-made section of the river, a very narrow passage. So, Dan, what did you, what were you telling me that, why did they make this, or when did they, did they make it? So it's called Long Ditch, and it was dug in the 1600s as a means of flood control to divert water from two sections. It actually connects two sections of the Charles that flow close to one another. It's about, I don't know, 300 yards or so. And of course, there hasn't been a sound all morning, and, and, and right as Dan started talking, a plane flew over. It's always funny. You think you're in the middle of nowhere, but there's always reminders that you're not far from civilization. So what is this ditch? What is the brook? Simply put, it's an artificial extension of the Charles River, and it's one of the oldest industrial projects in America, let alone Massachusetts and they're completely invisible to most people passing through Dedham. So how old is this? Well, going back to 1639, land was granted in Dedham to create a waterway to power a grist mill. If you listen to episode four about Waldo's Wharf, you would have heard about some failed attempts to create water mills around Boston. First, what is a grist mill? Well, if you want to make bread, you need to make flour. If you want to make flour, you need to separate different parts of grain plants. In harvested grains, there are parts of the plant that can be used to make other food and parts of the plant that are completely useless. These other parts of the plant are undigestible by humans. Crushing and sorting grain is a labor-intensive process that humans have been doing for at least 5,000 years. It's much easier to let machines do this work. And before fuel-powered machines, they were powered by water, wind, animals, or human hands. At the time, the Charles River itself was a terrible place to put a water-powered mill. The flow was inconsistent, and it was jammed up with dead trees and debris. This man-made waterway was much easier to control, allowing for consistent running of the mill wheel. People now sometimes refer to the ditch and the mother brook like they are one thing, but they were created at different times for different reasons. They just happened to be right next to each other. The dam I mentioned is the end of the Mother Brook. The ditch was dug in 1653, as Dan said, for flood control to make it easier to harvest hay. The creation of the ditch turned the riverside neighborhood of Dedham into an island. And we found an interesting artifact in the ditch. Within the ditch itself, and I actually had to very carefully kayak past it, 
we came across rusty old water flow control equipment that is actually still in use. And we're going to put a photo of it on the Instagram account, Lost Massachusetts. The control equipment has the letters AWWA stamped on it. AWWA stands for the American Water Works Association, a nonprofit water management organization that began in 1881. They are more than likely responsible for your drinking water today through their member organizations, those organizations being all the municipal water works that supply water to our communities. I'm about to go off on a wild tangent for a moment, but it all circles back. Bear with me. The AWA, a double, double, a double, double, a, the AWWA is a national organization headquartered in Denver, Colorado. Like many associations, they issue awards for distinguished service and innovation. The name of their award is the George Warren Fuller Award. So who was George Fuller? Well, Fuller was a chemist and engineer born in 1868 who graduated from MIT in 1890. He went on to become the driving force behind standardization of water purification and sewage treatment. He worked in over 150 American cities to standardize their water treatment. You might wonder what's the big deal. The big deal is that before Fuller's innovations, somewhere around 2.5 million Americans died every year of typhoid fever. Typhoid is a kind of salmonella that lives in water. Within the three decades after the water treatment standardization, that disease all but vanished in the United States. Now it's something that Americans usually only get when traveling abroad. So, if you drink a glass of clean water today, you can thank George Fuller. Other than finding the AWWA control system in the ditch, what does this have to do with our story? Well, believe it or not, George Fuller's family was from Dedham, and he attended Dedham High School before his formal education. Just like the Long Ditch and the Mother Brook are invisible today, so are the pipes in the ground that make it possible for all of us to not die from typhoid. So, all in Dedham, the first water control project in Massachusetts, and the guy who made clean water a reality for the whole country. Water projects will be the subject of future episodes since you pass by the remainants of many of them today without even knowing it. I want to give a big thanks to Dan for suggesting this trip down an ancient and forgotten waterway. Hang on after the commercial and I'll give you directions to Long Ditch and the Mother Brook. Directions to Long Ditch and the end of the Mother Brook. If you're going to launch a kayak or canoe, one of the easiest places to do it is at Havy Beach in West Roxbury. The entrance is off the southbound side of the VFW Parkway. If you cross Spring Street into West Roxbury, you went too far. There is a limited parking at Havy Beach. It's popular in the summer 
when you launch from the beach, the shortest route to the long ditch is to the right. Once you pass Cow Island on the right side of the river, the long ditch entrance should be on your left. The long winding scenic route to Long Ditch is to the left from Havy Beach. This is a loop, so either way you can end up back where you started. The Needham Street Bridge goes over the southern entrance, so if you just want to look at the ditch, you can see it from there. The ditch is shallower and narrower than the river, and it's full of logs and rocks and other junk, so you may have to portage your boat over some obstacles depending on the time of year and the, the water flow. If you find yourself passing under Route 128, you went the wrong way. I'm going to link to maps in the show notes. Uh, never go anyplace new without a map. And in general, if you can't swim and you haven't kayaked before, you don't have much business being in a boat. It's mostly a gentle course on this part of the Charles, but always bring a flotation device and don't go alone unless you're an expert. As with hiking, always be prepared and tell people where you're going and when you'll be back. We're exploring lost history. We don't want to be lost ourselves. There are a number of other boat launches on this loop and they will all be on the map provided in the show notes. And it's not just kayaks, you can get canoes, you can use a paddleboard. Uh, there's lots of other ways to get in and around. I wouldn't take a paddleboard through the long ditch. That's not gonna work, but the rest of this part of the Charles is great for a paddleboard. Now, of course, if you don't wanna go by boat, you can also hike through Cutler Park, which is off of 128. And if you're driving past the IHOP towards the Dedham Athletic Complex, you're actually driving over the underground portion of the Mother Brook. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us on our trek down a forgotten stretch of the Charles River in Dedham that's connected to our water in many ways. Next time, we'll be looking for buried treasures and abandoned military facilities in the area near Hingham, Massachusetts. Until then, this is Garth in the Lost Cabin saying, it's always 1928 somewhere. <laughs>